Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've been talking for a while about this whole California reparations thing, and you said that the first state in the country to pay reparations to uh, descendants of slaves. Going to do it as a state. You know, it's been kind of pushed as a federal policy for many, many years, never gotten anywhere, but California's going to jump ahead of that and, and do it on their own, uh, committing quintillions of dollars to an unworkable formula of trying to figure out who's a descendant of a slave and, and, and what, you know, and what way it's harmed your life. The total would be currently, according to the task force, $569 billion. Over a half a trillion dollars for a state to pay reparations, that would be about a quarter million dollars per person for each of the state's 2.5 million black Californians, economists have noted. Although you'd have to prove you're a descendant of slaves or not, or you just need to be black. Well, yes, you've got to be a descendant of, of slaves. There's all sorts of fine print, which is odd if it's racial discrimination. I mean, if you've been in the country 10 years or 175, your family it shouldn't make any difference. That's an excellent point. It's, it comes down to housing is the uh, the argument. And so you'd have to believe, if if you got to prove you're a descendant of slaves, then you'd have to believe that the person at the apartment complex gave you an apartment because you were black, but they knew you weren't a descendant of a slave versus somebody else 
who they turned down who was black, but you suspected they were or something? No, or the other it, way around? it obviously gets very crazy. Yeah. Let's discuss this and the practicalities and the reasons why and why not with Andrew Quino, who's an attorney with the fabulous Pacific Legal Foundation. Andrew, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. So uh, where do you want to start with this? Do you want to talk about what the panel, the, the panel impaneled by the state of California has come up with? Sure. Um, they have been hard at work over the last year and a half now, coming up with policies that have been recommended before. These are things that we've seen before. So in addition to the housing recommendations that they've made, subsidizing mortgages for black Californians, they're also recommending free tuition for California students, black California students, free health care programs, raising the minimum wage, uh, more climate regulation, which incidentally is one of the reasons we have a housing crisis in the first place. So they are repeating policies, progressive policies, essentially, that we have seen before. But now the justification is because we need to address the badges and incidents of slavery. I think the housing issue is is particularly curious and and confounding, given that we know the cause of, of the lack of housing in California. We're not building enough homes. And if they want to say, well, that's because of slavery, then fine, they can say that. But but at least tackle the root cause of, of why we don't have enough homes, which is just we, we're just not building enough. Uh, but that's, of course, not what they're what they're saying. Instead, the, the policy or the recommendation is, well, let's give everyone an, an interest tree or every black Californian or rather one that, an eligible black Californian descendant of, of an enslaved person, a, uh, a low interest uh, subsidized, low interest mortgage. So is any of this the least bit constitutional? I mean, mandating by law that certain races get different mortgage rates? Well, well, what the Constitution requires is any remedy that is race-based, which, which this would be if we're only providing things to uh, uh, black Californians, it has to be limited in time. It can't be something that is given in perpetuity. It has to be narrowly tailored. Uh, so you can't address something that is meant to resolve societal discrimination. So it's one thing to be giving something to someone that was directly enslaved, someone that was actually enslaved because of government policies, but to provide it to their, uh, their, their, their children's children's children, ge- generations removed, uh, yeah, now you're getting into trying to resolve societal discrimination, which uh, is not constitutional. Uh, a good comparison would be reparations to uh, Japanese Americans or those of Japanese ancestry who were interned during World War II, you had essentially provable damages with them. Reparations went to those that were actually interned, evacuated, relocated, not their children or their children's children, but the people themselves that 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 were affected by by internment policies during World War II. Now we're talking about uh, generations, people generations removed from from actual slavery. Right. And, you know, we try really hard to be intellectually honest around here. And, you know, you can cite like housing practices of the 50s and 60s that were discriminatory, redlining and that sort of thing. Um, well, it's a hypothetical, but if we were merely talking about that sort of reparations for that sort of thing, where would the Pacific Legal Foundation probably stand on that? Or do you have any idea? Well, you know, the 
these the recommendations by the reparations task force are, are again just recommendations. They're supposed to come out with with their final recommendations next June or July, I believe. So it remains to be seen what would possibly be actionable, what would be con- in contravention of the Constitution. But ultimately, I mean, if it, if it is something that is race based, if if they're providing benefits um, based on a person's skin color, then then that would be subject to an equal protection challenge. It would be in violation of the 14th Amendment of, of the United States Constitution. So we'd take a look at what they would ultimately recommend. But again, if, if, if it is race-based, it's, it's, it's something that, that can't address societal discrimination. It, it can't uh, be something that, that they're going to have no end point to. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing what they come out with next summer. You know, we were wondering on the uh, federal policy Joe Biden had proposed to do away with uh, a bunch of student loan debt. If there's such a thing in the law as just, this is a stupid idea. <laughs> and, and is there anything like that around here where, where, where you could say legally, $569 billion, the state would immediately be uh, you know, insolvent the moment that you, you signed on to this. Is there anything legally around, around that where you can just say, this, this can't work? Ex post stupido. <laughs> right. If if only there were a straight face test or a head scratching test or a mind blowing, this blows my mind test. Uh, unfortunately, we will have to rely on legislative action to to uh, come to the re- realization that uh, this will cost us. And I think, you know, we, we talk about people leaving California. Uh, hopefully that will be enough of a reason to reconsider this price tag. I mean, the, the people that California will have to depend on to pay for in this $569 billion, and that's, that's just the estimated maximum liability. Uh, the people that they have to depend on to pay for that are going to leave the state because they themselves can't afford to uh, buy a home in California. So who are they going to get to pay for for this? So perhaps the, the reduced, reduction in population will make people realize that maybe maybe we got to reconsider um, yeah, it's the, policies it, and what it, we're doing. It's the classic, the problem with socialism is you run out of other people's money. If the people who pay exactly. most of the taxes just decide, you know, I'm going to step across the border, now all of a sudden I don't owe anybody nothing, um, yeah, you're, you're out of luck. Yeah, and, and when you consider how diverse California is, um, you have populations, you have, have, have residents here whose who's own ancestors who are not black, but they are also uh, minorities or persons of color, uh, we're also subject to discrimination. So the question will be, well, where are their um, problems and grievances being addressed uh, when their families went through the same thing? I mean, you know, uh, Asian Americans, for instance, uh, back in the 1900s were subject to the alien land law. They were uh, forbidden from, from owning land. Hispanic mm-hmm. Americans were also subject to redlining. Um, so the question will be, what, why is you know, only one segment being focused on it? And perhaps they might expand it to other people. Who knows? Well, and this is, well, that could be, I mean, that's, uh, speaking of the hallmarks of socialism, um, I, and it occurs to me, you read the Grapes of Wrath, how about uh, white Okies who got beat to death trying to cross the border and get a job in California, if I'm their descendant, what, and a friend of mine just texted me, what if my ancestor died uh, fighting for the Union in the Civil War to end slavery, do I get an exemption? So, again, this is impracticable, but I'm reminded of something we talk about a fair amount. These days, in the days of performative politics, you make a great, grand pronouncement of what you you want to do and what ought to be done, and you get the credit for it, then you get laughed out of court, and you don't you can't implement it because it's blatantly unconstitutional, but you get the credit 
from the constituency you're after for having tried. And I think there's a lot of that in this. I, I think so, too. And, you know, when you look at, at the what the work of the reparations task force uh, has been so far, the, the, you know, the big the big grand pronouncement at, at the beginning seemed to indicate that every black resident was going to get reparations. Well, I mean, they ultimately narrowed who would be eligible for it to only those who are descendants of enslaved persons. Or Which doesn't make any persons. sense, as we mentioned earlier, because if I got denied housing, nobody knew if I was a descendant of a slave or not right. when they did. Yeah. And then you're going to set up another another bureaucracy to to try and trace the lineage and, and again, try and fri- find the provable damages. So it, it's going to be, you're going to see even more narrowing, I think, with the ultimate recommendations. I mean, if you look at what they're doing in Evanston, Illinois, where they have a reparations program, that was whittled down to just a, a housing voucher program to those who were descendants of of, Evans, of people living in Evanston between 1919 and 1969. So I think you're going to see even more narrowing in the future. Andrew Quino is an attorney with the Pacific Legal Foundation. It's a terrific organization fighting for liberty. Uh, Andrew, we appreciate your time. Thanks. Well done. Thanks so much for having me. Happy holidays. You got it. You know, the last time we discussed this, we got an email from a guy who... Um, he, he described himself as as white as can be in terms of appearance and uh, and reasonably well to do as well, and uh, and but it turned out that his great great grandfather on one side of the family or something was a black man, and he said for a lot of I am a descendant through that great great grandfather of someone who was a slave in the United States prior to the nineteenth century or whatever the the completely unworkable parameters of this are uh, yeah prior to the end of the 19th century so he would arguably be owed reparations and if he were then we come to the question of i hate to even say the words is he black enough does he have enough percentage of african-american in him because he is a direct descendant yeah. But he's never been discriminated against for a second. Well, the, the, those cases are damned interesting, but, um, you know, the overall gist of it is the problem. I mean, where, where are you going to end if you start going back centuries in people being wronged uh, and right. extrapolating from there? I mean, where, where would this all end? Yeah, and not for a second to minimize the horrors of slavery, the Jim Crow era, you know, the Reconstruction era, any discrimination in the 20th century is terrible. But if there are remedies, they can't be this. It's just insane. But again, they'll get credit for having tried. And do do you have to pay taxes if you're black on this? I mean, do you get like part of your taxes carved out? And if you're an affluent black person, are you going to get hammered with massive tax increases in California? Yeah. Or will know. there be an exemption carved out? Yet another thing for the, the courts to just guffaw about. Yeah, you can comment on this, too, you know. Uh, text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
they connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Show. Oh, this is very cool. Researchers in Germany have developed Golfy, a golfing robot that can make perfect putts. Mm. Yeah, and that's not all. Here's a full list of what Golfy can do. It can, of course, play golf, or it can put his hand on your shoulder. It, it, it can say, I'm proud of you, son. And it can kiss your mom. Wait, kiss your mom? Yup. Now Golfy's moving in. He's calling you champ and showing up to your baseball games. Great catch, kid, but you really should have thrown a third. Shut up, you're not my real dad. Yes, I am. Why do you think you have robot legs? Look down. Oh, God, you do have robot legs. Robot arms, robot face. He's right. You're not human. You're Golfy Jr. Wow. What the hell? I don't know. So <laughs> High golfy, concept humor there. But Golfy's a robot that can make putts. But is that something you... What's the point of it? Is it just an interesting amusement? Are you supposed to take it on the golf course so it can make the putts for you? Which would be I don't what? have the slightest idea. I've Do you know Michael? Do you know anything about golf? No, either? I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out. Okay, because obviously that'd be stupid. Because I agree. I don't know what the point would be. Then don't you know if you're out there to golf, golf. Don't let something else do it for you. Is it seen? As, do, do you all use a, some sort of computer now to figure out how far away a, a shot is? Uh, well, you use like a, a little laser thingy. Uh-huh. But you used yeah. to have to eyeball it. Is that not considered part of the skill anymore, or everybody's okay with that? Well, honestly, yeah, there were yardage markers, sure. generally. Often it was just like a, a stake at 100 yards, 150, 200, or something like that, and you would pace it off. Mm-hmm. That's time-consuming. So you could figure out your yardage, roughly. I actually used to use geometry, because um, I frequently hit it to, you know, a bit sideways. <laughs> And I'd say, all right, that's the 150 stake. I appear to be 50 yards left of it. The hypotenuse, which is the difference from me to the pin, is the whatever it is, the, the two squares times your mother's height or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, With my shots, you know, I'd have to remember, how do you find the volume of a cone? I don't <laughs> know if I still remember that. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it mostly just saves time. <laughs> okay. So that's not considered uncool. It's considered cool. But like if you yeah. had this robot that you just sat there and it made the putt for you, <laughs> I assume you'd get no credit for that. Well, as Michael says, what the hell's the point? <laughs> At some point, you just send the robot to the golf course and you stay home and then it comes back in the door and you say, how'd you do today? Yeah, not great. <laughs> right. And it stinks of liquor. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> Good. Now I can work more and my robot goes and plays that stupid golf for me. <laughs> Here's how it works, guys. Okay. 
It says the process starts when Golfy takes a picture of the green with a 3D camera, then his computer simulates attempting thousands of putts while factoring it. Uh, factoring in the resistance of the turf. Okay, so it would be picking out the best line and everything for you then. Yeah, now now you got my attention. Now, okay, Please. so so this is a little it's blatantly illegal but intriguing. This is a little <laughs> closer to the yardage marker than, than than what I was portraying. So, do you think this will be okay that you have a little thing you can take a snapshot of the green and it tells you where the best place is to? I doubt it. They, although they do have yardage, uh, not yardage books, uh, green reading books that show you the contours of the green with like uh, different colors and arrows and stuff mm. like that. The pros use them all the time. Mm. Um, but you still have to figure out what line is best given that those contours. And then you have to execute it, which trust, trust me is harder than it looks. I just got like, a straight like four idea. foot putt. Hmm. I like the idea of just sending the robot to the golf course and I stay home and watch TV. <laughs> what I shoot today, Roby? If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, we don't tend to do grim stories of crime or, um, you know, some mom does something terrible to her kid or somebody abuses a dog. We don't do those stories. A lot of, a lot of news outlets do. Maybe there's an audience for that. They must think so. I don't want to hear just random acts of awfulness. Because they exist, horror porn. They exist all around the world. The main reason I'm interested in this particular story, one, it's local to me, uh, but two, I'm wanting to know if Isaac White Carter, 20 years old, I'm guessing he's got a criminal background. I don't know that he does. I'd like to know if this is another one of those stories of, here's a guy who demonstrated what kind of person he was, but he was still out on the street. Here's what this 20-year-old Isaac White Carter, who thank God has been arrested, they found him and arrested him, this is what he did. So he's with some friends at the Habert Burger in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they think this uh, young person is staring at him, giving the eyeball. Well, turns out this is a special needs kid, intellectually disabled, and the brother oh of and the brother of one of the fast food workers. So they're threatening this kid and giving him all kinds of crap. The 19-year-old girl who's the manager there at the Habert Burger intervenes to try to protect the kid. Well, they're not going to have that. So they beat her until she loses her eye. Oh, my Lord. And she's trying to protect the special needs kid from these 
scumbags. Now, this guy, to me, even if he's never committed a crime in his life, he should be in prison for the rest of his life. I do not believe in redemption for this sort of thing. You're able to do that? Go away forever, says the libertarian. <laughs> I could I could compromise on 25 years. Yeah, if when you're know. 46 years old, you, you have a human soul, we can talk, maybe. Right. Unbelievable. There's well, video California of it, too. California's emptying out its prisons, by the way. There's video of it. If you want to watch this video, you're a certain oh. sort of person. He punches her in the face, then keeps repeatedly punching her in the same part of the face, which is why she ended up losing her eye. A young woman. Yeah, 19-year-old prison. Oh, and I also like, at the the end of the story, they also threw in investigations are being made uh, to the videotape to determine whether or not he had thrown around Hispanic slurs, which could be considered a hate crime. Oh, really? You can't get the maximum whatever for beating a 19-year-old girl who is trying to defend a special needs kid and you cause her to lose her eye. You, you don't have a penalty stiff enough for that. But if he said, you know, use some anti-Hispanic slur, then that'll be a, I, I hate the whole thing. Now, now that's serious. Yeah. yeah. Just makes me sick all the way around. But what I'd like it's to know perverse. is if, if this guy had a criminal record, you know, in the San Francisco Bay Area where she he had, he had skated a number of times. I don't know that he did, but I'd be surprised if he didn't. Well, and you're not going to read that in a lot of the papers or the, the news websites uh, around the area. You know? But I told you we would need transition music, Michael, to move away from that horrifying story. And, uh, uh, yeah, I need transition music for my own brain. Go ahead. Going with the classic. It is of Russian origin, though. Makes me wonder if you're soft on the invasion of Ukraine. That story's worth telling again, because a lot of you may not have heard it. That was a hit in the Soviet Union, this song. It doesn't have any words. That's because originally it had words, but the communist Soviet government thought the words were too dangerous to society, so they had the same song sung with just la-la-las. Understanding is the the writer of it tried a couple of times to get it past the censors and finally said, you know, tell with it. And I think it was just a love song. It wasn't like anti-communist. That's good, Michael. You've done a good job of clearing out my brain. I would give the rubles I own to buy you a pretty dress. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, who knows? I would trade a tractor that I got from Stalin himself. Communist regimes do not like love because that is some sort of allegiance to something other than the state. And they do not like that. Mm. Meanwhile, in China, they're begging people to have kids. Something's got to give there. You can have kids, but no love. Good plan. Uh, Speaking of uh, no love, (laughs) that's probably not a good transition. Uh, Yesterday, we were talking about some really interesting studies about Americans self-segregating by politics, moving to places that had more friendly politics to whatever their point of view was, whether it was blue or red. Many more conservatives and independents are doing that than uh, uh, liberals, which I found interesting. We talked about if you missed it, grab hour four of yesterday's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. But we were talking about California, which is the biggest exodus state and has been now for a while. And, um, and, and the various commentators, depending on which one you're reading, talked about, well, it's mostly housing prices. And then some would admit, oh, although hilarious. there are political this, that, or the other. So I said, all right, you're listening right now. You left California or you're about to. Why? Of course, prices, Got a ton of emails. prices have always made a difference. I mean, uh, uh, if you live in California, it's always been... 
something you notice that you could move to other parts of the country and with the same amount of money you got in your house right now buy like 20 acres with a lake. So, you know, that's always been true. Yeah, that factors in. So here are some of the emails. Uh, Mark in Austin, we left the Bay Area in 2015 because we couldn't afford to buy a house in a good school district. Mm. Uh, ended up in Austin. The deciding factors were state politics and weather. One of the best decisions we've ever made. Um, cause they'd looked at Portland and Seattle too, uh, several years ago. Whoops. Uh, let's see. Here's, uh, Cole. Um, my wife and I are leaving California. Many reasons. Um, they live in the Santa Cruz Mountains. They're, we're not leaving just because we step over needles and human feces on the sidewalk every day or because every two years we shake our head at local election results. We're leaving because we cannot afford to buy a home here and afford the policies at the same time. My wife and I were both born and raised here, so the decision to leave is not an easy one. We've both always appreciated the beauty of our hometown from an early age. which makes it all the more painful to watch it be dismantled, dismantled by cancerous ideology. Let's see. Here's uh, Jashan, left California 12 years ago. Many people followed me and moved to Colorado. Californians are parasites. They moved out of California due to cost, regulation, crime, etc. They came to Colorado and voted the same way. And Colorado's, well, he he goes on for a couple paragraphs. Colorado's been ruined. (laughs) Colorado's been ruined. Colorado's crumbling. Um, Kind of a different question, but interesting. Uh, Don't California my Colorado, right? Uh, let's see. Left CA for AZ, writes Barry. For decades, I gave California mounds of tax money exchange, in exchange for beautiful land, mild seasons, good schools, tech employment. About five years ago, we finally got frustrated enough with the California government and the effect of its decisions that we moved out of state. The decision was political, sociological, and financial. But ultimately, the issues in each of those categories were the direct result of government decisions, so it's safe to say our move was fully driven by politics. Pretty good analysis, and he goes yeah. on that vein. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Which was my premise all along. It's it's a combination of things. I mean, if if the scenery is w- wonderful, which it is, the recreational opportunities are amazing, um, and the expenses are pretty affordable, well, then miserably crappy government you could probably put up with. But it's it's like a point system. Once you pass five crappy points... You know, from whatever of those areas, you think, no, I've had enough. Let's see. This I always is, uh, argue that a lot of the things people claim they like is bunk anyway. Not for everybody, but for a lot of people. I know people personally, I know plenty of people personally that don't actually ever go skiing or actually ever go to the ocean or do any of those things that they claim are the things that they like. Well, you do the same thing. <laughs> you do the same thing everybody else does in the country. You order a pizza and you watch a movie. They're getting ready to. <laughs> They're gonna soon. I uh, got this long note from. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's Russ, who actually he he left uh, Lake Elsinore, which is an uh, inland empire, um, little south of Riverside. If you don't know it, in California. Um, great place to grow up. He, he really writes a nice description of it until the nineties. Then it exploded. Crime, tons of crime, graffiti, gangs, uh, just terrible problems became the meth capital of Southern California. So we pulled up stakes and moved to greener pastures. Portland, Oregon, here we come. 
you may be laughing, but then, but back then it was really nice up here. No gangs, no graffiti, little crime. Downtown Portland was a treat to visit. I would agree. I love downtown Portland the way it used to be. Uh, and he goes on uh, waxing eloquent about that. Yeah, I and remember then the, history repeated itself. I remember the first time I was ever in Portland in my life. I thought this is just like fairyland. It's so fantastic. It was like all the great cool stuff about San Francisco with none of the filth. Well, that didn't last. Right. I feel like I'm watching history repeat itself. My once beautiful, adorable, charming, fun, safe city of Portland has descended into a dystopian hellscape, overrun with tent junkies and people openly shooting up at bus stops, pooping on the sidewalks in broad daylight, graffiti on top of other graffiti everywhere. Pooping in broad daylight. (sighs) Fecal matter. That's right, Johnny. Urban planner Johnny Depp there. Let's see. Jeez, at uh, least wait till the cover of darkness. Uh, 10-plus year listener Brian in Draper, Utah writes, Yep, we bailed out of Clanifornia from Utah and all. Clanif, that's dismissive. Really had it with the horrid Bay Area. We're much happier now. Uh, KVRIBS, keep voting red in a blue state. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to get snarky about it. No! Then he goes into some detail. Uh, a couple more, real quick. Uh, Lara, heard you talking about the WAPO article on people voting with their feet. That's us. We moved out this year, uh, both born and raised in California, but he'd lived in other states and knew that we'd be happier living in a state that reflected our conservative values. Last straw for me was the government outreach and overreactions during COVID. That was the last on a long list of grievances, and I was done with California for good. Um We've lived in Idaho now for just a few months and feel like we moved back to America. So those are a lot of uh, individual explanations of people doing it. There are all kinds of stats out there to show that people are doing it more than we've ever done it before. What does that mean for the future of the country? Civil war? Guaranteed civil war? Probably civil war, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it'll be interesting. And again, we dealt with this a little bit yesterday when you were out, but... um, Red states get redder, blue states get bluer. No compromise. The growth of the power of the federal government suggests that whoever's in charge, whether it was red or blue, will shove lots of governance down the throats of the people in those other states who don't want it. As we and and you know this is a side topic, a tangent, but there's a reason our federal system was so brilliant. People in Idaho have different needs than people in Los Angeles. And honestly, the states have now, the state governments have acquired so much power, we've forgotten that the people in Los Angeles have different needs than people in, say, you know, Redding, California. And so it's got to be one size fits all, top down, shoved down. Terrible. Yeah, something's going to come out of this unforeseen consequences of all this self-selecting geography. It'll be interesting to live through. And Ray, who moved to Texas, says in no special order, economics goes into detail, politics, yeah, nauseated by the to- politics, nauseated, rather, um, and faith. Like with politics, I was tired of being such an extreme minority as a Christian. Ah, right. So many were vocally contemptuous of people who believe what I do. Yep. Um, wow, that's very, very interesting. Uh, we will finish strong next. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. 
Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. These woke, high IQ, stupid people, they're easy to recognize. They hate George Washington. They hate Thomas Jefferson. They hate Dr. Zeus. And they hate Mr. Potato Head. These woke, high IQ, stupid people, they walk around with Ziploc bags of kale that they can eat to give them energy now if you want to eat kale that's up to you i don't eat kale you know why because kale tastes to me like i'd rather be fat (laughs) you know he lost momentum there toward the end the high iq stupid people part i really liked yeah the um the dismissing eating healthy (laughs) just on its face seems odd i mean i don't eat kale but i should and the reference to Dr. Zeus, if a Greek god uh, hurled thunderbolts and wrote about the cat in the hat. <laughs> uh, we mentioned earlier, Time Magazine has named their Person of the Year. Uh, it has, Bernard it, Sanders. It's not relevant to anyone. <laughs> it's not Bernard Sanders. <laughs> it's Michael. Time Magazine's declaration of who the Person of the Year is is not relevant to anybody under the age of, like, 50 at best used to be a big deal when Time was one of the most influential publications in America. Now it's just another website. Uh, but anyway, they named Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky the person of the year. And we thought, uh, yeah, you know, in the old days they once named Hitler man of the year. And you could easily make the argument that Putin is a bigger deal on the world stage last year than Zelensky. But I like their reasoning, and I'm all for it. It said, for proving that courage can be as contagious as fear. There's nothing wrong with highlight- highlighting that. I like it. I like the feel of it. I think it's one of the rare examples of there is so little leadership that actually occurs ever in anybody's life at any level. Business, sports, government, whatever. But when it does, it's amazing. And uh, this is an example of it. I think he changed the entire fate of his country with his own bravery. And maybe the fate of Europe, it's hard to say. Absolutely. Absolutely, maybe. I mean, if he had fled... Not only would the individual Ukrainians, you know, I don't know how they'd have felt. Plenty of people would have still taken up arms and risked their lives to defend the country against the Russians, but not with quite the same enthusiasm or hope that they win. But what effect did it have on Macron and uh, and, and Boris and the various other European leaders? I mean, they had to get on board with that sort of bravery, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Macron's still a bit of a wuss and Boris is gone, but uh, had its effect. 
Well, at the time. When, sure. when, the, when, yeah. the, when the decision was going to be made of whether he stayed or went, if he had left and all the other European leaders would, other European leaders would have had cover to say, oh, yeah, sure. let's negotiate something. Oh, my God. It could have gone the other direction so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Armstrong and Getty, you have disappointed me for the last time. These are your final thoughts. What is, is that a threat? What is that exactly? Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. That's Darth Vader, man. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Our technical director, Michelangelo, will lead us off. Michael? Uh, yeah, this morning I was throwing out the garbage, and I accidentally threw out my lunch with it, which I didn't accidentally. And so there's three boxes of donuts in the building, and that's like my lunch, which isn't good. You oh. threw your lunch in the garbage? Yeah, it's a long story. It was dark out, and I didn't see that it had snagged my bag, and so... <laughs> well, yeah. At what point did you realize your lunch had gone in the garbage? Uh, when I got here. I oh, lo- okay. Yeah, okay. and I realized I... Yeah, I did it. Would you have crawled in after it if you'd have realized it at the time? No, no. no? Snagged your bag. Hate when that happens. Jack, a final thought for us? Man, I'm, I'm torturing myself over trying to figure out what to get the kids for Christmas this year. They want they want more stuff that I don't think is good for them. I mean, they're so into electronics and everything like that. Do I deny them what they want for Christmas and like try to force a hoop and a stick or some books or something on them? Tinker toys. <laughs> How about a nice movable type press? <laughs> exactly. Or do I hmm? get them what they want and would actually enjoy? Learn the gentle art of, of, of typesetting. Uh, my final thought is I constantly go back and forth. Which is my least favorite species of animal, homo sapiens or mosquitoes? Uh, I have three mosquito bites on my ankle, believe it or not, and they kept me up for an hour last night. So, mosquitoes, you're back in last place till further notice. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The hot links, always worth a click. Great stories, articles, videos, that sort of thing. Get some A&G swag for your favorite Armstrong and Getty fan. T-shirt, a hoodie, a sports bra, whatever you like. A hat. Armstrongandgetty.com. I still haven't tried the sports bra. I keep threatening to. Maybe I'll do that today. Get back to you. See you tomorrow. Support. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is much bigger. This is much bigger than Armstrong and Getty. They hate George Washington. They hate Thomas Jefferson. They hate Dr. Zeus. And they hate Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> it's always a disaster. It's true. I expected more. The four most powerful words ever spoken in a democracy. Nano, no, no. I don't know. That's just unheard of. Okay. That high note? Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.